Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. Are you ready? Oh my, are, are you, you ready? ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> what this year is already terrible. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible. This is actually uh, our first um, post-2021 episode. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were it supposed is. to do one last week, and then the world decided to end. So yeah, the capital um, got whatever happened. Cool. How's your insurrection? <laughs> let's um actually introduce like our show oh yeah i'm right here <laughs> i'm c tepper and this is <laughs> Wig it Wig it out. Out. <laughs> we're still glam award nominated i don't know Yay. when this episode comes out but we will probably Literally still be sunday yeah but what sunday. day is that um sunday. Episode, you everyone you can still vote for us until the 20th if you care about our podcast please vote glam awards Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And welcome to our Thank show. <laughs> um, well, happy New Year, Caitlin. Um, what the hell are we doing today? What the hell's going on on this day? Who are we doing? Who are we doing? Who are we doing? Today, I believe, I believe from Queens. I could be wrong. Are you in Queens? Where are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm in uh, Jackson Heights, Woodside. Oh, there you go. Hmm. In Queens. Coming all the way from Queens, it's Ducky Shia Boy or Shabwa. <laughs> Welcome. Thank Welcome you so much that. for having me. Yay. Someone Thanks who for- voted for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, immediately. Right when yeah. it was often, I was like, boom, done. You oh. and you messaged it. I was like, all right, I guess you got to be on the show now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful uh, outcome of the vote, but... <laughs> more so just like i really dig what y'all are doing so. Aww, i can't Aww. believe you listen it always shocks me that people listen to it yeah same i i <laughs> i feel like we just kind of put these out into the void and hope like, yeah no literally happen. that and like anytime anyone like comments or something i'm just like wow someone listened <laughs> <laughs> well i mean y'all got nominated so must somehow listen. somehow it, it's some miracle <laughs> Everyone, the Glamours are the 25th. Watch us maybe win. We'll, we can only win with your vote, so please vote. It's at glamwards.net slash voting. And okay, the, the um, is open to everyone, right? Like yeah, everyone. Yeah. Um, every year, like, they do a couple of categories that are open to the public, but this year is only five categories in total, so they just made it public for everybody. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Listen, I still want to win to say that I beat Bob the Drag Queen I at know. something. <laughs> and then also, we have a cute little acceptance video. We, had we a did our video. <laughs> it is something. That's all it I is something. <laughs> I don't know if it's good, but it's something. But it's enough something. about us. We got to shut up about ourselves. It's not about I us know. today. <laughs> it's not one of our episodes about us. Um, so we are still in a pandemic. How has your pandemic life been going, Ducky? Um, so it, there is a sense of new normal for sure. Like I have been mm-hmm. training my whole life to stay the hell away from people in general. Right? Like, so, I mean, it early last year was, I mean, honestly, just pure terror, just with this kind of like unknown thing kind of floating around. Mm-hmm. There were we were there were periods of time where when we were walking out into our lobby like we were telling each other like don't breathe mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. like until you get outside mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean the it definitely has been beneficial to drag content as kind of like kind of like a silver lining um but yeah i mean just really focusing on how do i maintain i've been fortunate i work in a warehouse and i'm like running the warehouse and I'm the only one in a 10,000 square foot warehouse usually. Whoa. So um, I've been fortunate to where I have job security. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has just been, I mean, uh, like Woodside, the grocery stores, there was only one grocery store open for, I think it was a mile at one point. And, the uh, crazy, um, and I mean, there were, there were a couple more, but it was like, 
like H Mart uh, mm-hmm. and Woodside, the line, the lines were just out of this world. So it was just more about Ugh. accepting this is a re- a reality, mm-hmm. and then kind of forming that new normal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I cried in 2020 more than I've cried. I'm not a crier, mm-hmm. and it's just like it was. It was. It is, and it's been a roller coaster. And I, you know, I just definitely want to emphasize like this is a shared vibe for sure and just but yeah like it's just just keeping up with y'all too like it's very similar with especially within the queer community I feel Mm -hmm. like just all those spaces being gone oh god I know within yeah and like that was another doozy was on March Friday March 13th 2020 we just saw all of our bookings within a matter of yep hours that turned into a little bit more like you know the following monday too but just mm-hmm. gone gone that's that's the day i lost my job yeah uh, i know that day very well <laughs> it's just like that date is always going to be in my mind as like whoa <laughs> like, yep. i know it's horrible <laughs> um yeah i mean as far as the pandemic now um it's really just about maintaining the bubble and mm-hmm just accepting every day you do have to accept a little bit more of the reality that we're in right now yeah for various reasons um but yeah it's just at this point it's more about just like okay here it is let's let's just keep it going yeah i mean that's a good way to look at it i mean we're all just kind of stuck here together so <laughs> exactly and you stayed in new york you're very lucky to have had job security because you're not originally from here Right, right. Originally yeah. from South Carolina, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. So how was it growing up in South Carolina? Um, well, that's a very interesting thing because yeah. moving to New York, one of the, it's, it was almost, it really caught me off guard how quick people are to jump into conversations about the South with a Southerner. Oh, um, really? <laughs> and I'm not, talking, not, not in this, con- not in this. No, 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 I know. Yeah. <laughs> But just everyone is really adamant about having um, a Southern person confirm all of their fears about the South. Really? Is the impression that I get a lot of times. Oh, Um, wow. And that's it. And like, yes, I can confirm everyone's fears. I can't. (laughs) Um, Yep. But growing up in the South, I really do have a narrative that as a queer person, um, I grew up, I was born in, Char- I tell people I'm from Charleston, but I grew up in state in a town of 775 people, I believe. Oh. Um, Hartsville, South Carolina, drag, uh, oh, what's it called? NASCAR, not drag race. NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> same thing, same thing. <laughs> uh, you know, like that type of, like cotton fields right beside the Walmart. Like that's where I'm from. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I, the thing that with Georgia turning blue, this, mm-hmm. it really hit home for me because like when people ask me about growing up in the South, like black women, whether they be older or people in high school, like that's, that's where I found a soft spot growing up mm-hmm. um, and being different. Like, mm-hmm. so I would just say like visibility in the South is difficult Mm-hmm. Um, but there are pockets of good and I do feel like people do look out for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, all the, the stuff where, you know, by the time you get to high school as a, a gay person, you do hear like, oh, you're going to die because you're gay kind of thing. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, it's very much my growing up experience in the South, like my friends and chosen family and a lot of my actual family members too, like provided those places of shelter, Mm -hmm. um, which in turn has made me a person where, you know, embracing other people's suffering might not be convenient, you know, like as a, just a honest truth, like everyone has their lives they're living, but just growing up in that type of atmosphere and having people express compassion for me growing up has mm-hmm. made me a person where I can go into any room and talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And like before I moved to New York, uh, I went to culinary. I'm a I'm a trained uh, chef. I went to culinary school. What? Um, yeah, yeah. I you better cook us some dishes, girl. Yeah, tell the yeah, wrong yeah. people this. <laughs> We're coming over. All kind of restaurants in Charleston. Um, four star, four diamond. Oh wow. Um, but because I was such a little country boy, even in Charleston, I was a country boy. My mm-hmm. professors were telling me, "Oh, you want to move to New York?" drop the accent you got to get rid of your accent no and I told them I'm never gonna give up my accent baby like this Uh is it makes you so endearing I hope so because some people that's the thing I think so when moving here like I felt like I had to prove myself Mm -hmm. to some people as a as being you know it's kind of like oh they hear the y'all they hear the draw and all that and then they're like okay prove to us that you're like us and not them mm-hmm. kind of thing. And yeah. I get it. I do get it. Don't get me wrong. It's just, it was just kind of like culture shock in a way, mm-hmm. I guess. How did you do end you- up in New York? Um, well, <laughs> so I visited New York like for a few days once before moving here. Um, and then, well, and before moving here, um, Patsy and me have been together since we were 18. Oh, wow. And we'll um, talk a lot more about her later. Yeah, yeah. But the, <laughs> the gist there is we got married when we were, oh gosh, I think we were 22. Oh my God. And at that so time. Young. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, um, on a federal level, same-sex marriage was being recognized but on a state level it was impossible Mm -hmm. um so we got married in new york city um, and then came back down south for a little while then moved here and uh it was basically we weren't even doing drag at this time like we were just like charleston gays had like a pack of girlfriends that we were running around with you know being all crazy and everything Definitely going to drag shows. Like I know a lot of Southern um, from South Carolina queens, so it's yeah. funny. Tree, honey, like oh yeah, very much- tree and Stacey Lane Matthews because she has a big family down there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, <laughs> um, so yeah, we moved to New York just to kind of like broaden our job markets. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. I, it was just one of those things that honestly we were like, fuck it, let's move to the city. <laughs> like, you know, like. I was like Martyr. <laughs> yeah. No, I had a good excuse. Thank you very much. <laughs> you did have a good excuse. Did you have a question before? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yes, I did. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I've gotten this before. Have When you told someone here that you're from the South or South Carolina, have they said sorry yeah. to you? <laughs> I get that a lot too. What? (laughs) That's messed up. That's so messed up. Like, and I know this is, uh, it's like, I don't know. I just firmly stand by, I eat pigtail, oxtail, collard greens, (laughs) tomatoes, all of it. And it's because the the food history of the South, you know, very much is connected to the complications and the evil that occurred occurred there and still occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like I'm not I'm not sad <laughs> that I'm from the South. Like you don't, yeah. you know, like people don't have to one necessarily jump to questioning a Southern person would be kind of one thing. But then also too, like I'm my and a lot of my friends and you know Patsy's from South Carolina too we mm-hmm. talk about this a lot like there is a new south forming mm-hmm. it is not the majority um but just being able to see how those small changes really do amplify everyone's life even if they don't recognize it mm-hmm. um you know just with these shifts and culture and like kind of reinvigorating businesses in small towns with some fresh ideas um, you know, it really does make an impact. And it's just like, I'm, I don't, 
yeah the sorry thing oh yeah that is. i can't believe people would say, i mean i guess like you know we're kind of like jaded new yorkers so i'm new york city born and raised so like when you hear about the south it's usually not in a good context but i would never think that way like just because you're from someplace to like well i get the double whammy of Southern well you're from florida, florida so florida <laughs> sucks so that's different but <laughs> and i can say that with love because i love florida but like there's definitely a lot oh, of crazy. There. I would I would sink the state in a heartbeat, but yeah. if anybody comes but we can for her, I defend her. <laughs> we'll keep Miami and get rid of the rest. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I sympathize with the uh, southern hate, but southern pride. It's, a, it's, a weird <laughs> it's such a duality. weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Because yeah, I mean, but that idea of I'm a southern person who wants to push boundaries a little bit, mm-hmm. like that's that's what brought us to New York. Not just yeah. not just my kind of ambitious drive behind that, but also Patsy. Like Patsy is, which by the way, um, y'all are gonna have to schedule to get her onto this. Podcast. Okay, Otherwise, I'm down. Uh, slice and dice me in my sleep, like. Ooh is all kind of wild like she, I, was, uh, I'm, I was like I'm starting to hop on the zoom call and she was like okay <laughs> <laughs> we're always looking for guests so I'm here for yeah. it <laughs> she would be an amazing one to have <laughs> yeah, like New York we've we been here six years seven years oh wow oh, wow it's hard to make it in New York so the fact that you're still here especially during the pandemic that like says a lot I feel like <laughs> I mean, I'm tired, but I'm here. <laughs> Try living here Preach your whole mom. life. <laughs> so you moved to New York. So how did drag get involved with that? Because clearly it's it's been three years, so it happened had to have happened here. Right, right. Yeah. So it definitely did. Um, so in Charleston, we went to a club called Pantheon, like too much. Mm-hmm. And just seeing the drag there, it really inspired me because yes, they did have the pageant girls, but they also had um, just such a variety of kind of gender expression come through as well. Like it was just a very well-rounded club scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, watching that for so many years and then coming here and then kind of seeing how the bars um they do get crowded but at the same time I feel like in New York it is a little bit easier to kind of get a sense of a bar because the space is smaller mm-hmm. um and just- oh yeah New York City bars it, like I didn't realize because I'm born and raised here it's not till I like left and like went to like Florida or like LA places like that like the bars are so big yeah and here yeah. it's like tiny but you you're just so used to it here like I don't think about it but it's it like, is crazy what is that like New yeah. York no, no such thing well like, like anytime there's a women's bathroom at a gay bar I'm like so shook just so shook because like they actually have room for more than one stall it's just yeah, surprising yeah. to me <laughs> uh but yeah like bringing once we got into New York, kind of just remembering what we were exposed to as far as the drag scene in Charleston, mm-hmm. um, we moved originally to Brooklyn and the building that we lived in was just like batshit crazy. Like it was just so crazy. Patsy um, was making a $500 stipend every two weeks. Oh, and I started my job and everything. But like, basically, when we first got here, there was no room for like, you know, stunting, trying mm-hmm. to turn a lug, none of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like none of that. Mm-hmm. But then we moved to Astoria. <laughs> um, and, you know, by then it was a few years into it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of like had, you know, we had a rhythm of yeah. all the all the New York bills and taxes and everything that mm-hmm. we were um, and we went to Icon and we saw Boudoir, we saw Heidi, we saw um, Misty Mountains, like, and mm-hmm. Icon reminded us of the spot in Charleston that we would go to because it was such a diverse, just cast of performers that would come through. Mm-hmm. And then I started remembering like, something in my head was like, okay, do you want to be the one at a party who's sitting down or do you want to be the one at a party who's dancing? Mm. For some reason that came into my mind a lot mm-hmm. when we were watching drag after we moved to New York. 
And Patsy had kind of like through going to events and everything, she had started to get back. She's always done cross-dressing and a little bit of this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, but definitely like, I finally just made up my mind that I wanted to be the person who was dancing at the party. And I was tired of like, my mom early on uh, as a, you know, more so like as a teenager, like very restrictive on like, oh no, you can't wear that. Like mm-hmm. it's too film, you can't wear that. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just like, I've always loved, I was just like, oh, something sparkly or a little, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, and so I was like, fuck it. You know, my friend has a studio time booked from through, through her school. And so the Bush, my first Bushwig look, which was just like AliExpress horns and like this, like, <laughs> dress, you know, a little pink eyeshadow. Let's go yeah. to the girls. Uh, <laughs> like, Bushwig is a place to do that though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was like getting getting the toes wet. Um, but we did a little photo shoot and then we started throwing parties. Oh. <laughs> and we would have people um, dress in drag. We would have themes. And we had a friend that would make freshly kegged beer and like the apartment would end up having like a hundred people in it dang so and we were charging everyone (laughs) oh no it was just a whole hot mess it was just oh you could have been making bank like ten dollars a head or something (laughs) i wish (laughs) um and then around the time that we were having the parties iconic season one came up yeah i the way I'm this is probably what I'm so ashamed of this like <laughs> so it's not about iconic but it's okay exposed to me to me being like the idea of iconic okay uh-huh. so there was one night before the competition really got you know announced or whatever but we put on some busted uh, like going to the bar hold on to your britches girl kind of drag <laughs> and Heidi Ho was there yeah filming, and we just like it was just this instant connection like she was so much fun but mm. then she pulled the drag queen thing of do y'all know Lady Marmalade oh no and <laughs> I don't I didn't know it but I was didn't <laughs> but what I was I wasn't gonna tell her I didn't know it <laughs> the music starts I have no clue what's going on and (laughs) I'm just like down on the floor you know (sighs) trying that was the perfect example of trying and then but it was just so much fun yeah and so fun and then they said you know iconic season one I was like hey could I like try that Mm -hmm. and she told me just try to do some more open stages Mm -hmm. and then apply Mm -hmm. and I did that and then I got in yay so my, I performed a few times, like I'm talking like four times max before mm-hmm. um, season one of Iconic, we hit the stage and now I'm a drag queen. Like, yay. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> my last question before we go to break is how did you get your drag name? Um, so I will say whenever I was whenever we were first like kind of formulating our drag personalities like I was a little bit more promiscuous (laughs) and you know just cutting the shit and Mm -hmm. we're talking to a dude and I was like hey so like what would your porn name be or what Mm -hmm. type of porn would you do Mm -hmm. um but then the question got turned on me (laughs) and I was like you know what (laughs) I was like I was like, if we're going to do, if we're going to get into it and we're going to do, do the do and get paid all that, I was like, okay, I would need some rubber. I want some latex. I want all the like, yeah, all the things, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you could, I was like, <laughs> I was like my poor name would be Rob uh, Ducky <laughs> instead of rubber Ducky. And then I was like, Ducky oh that's really cute that has like a cute little sound to it and then I googled it and it's like in Europe that's like ducky is like another cute little term for gay so I was like oh I didn't know that and I'm loud as fuck so it makes it it works yeah and were you just like I'm a boy well she a boy boy, like I I was telling you a little earlier yeah 
wanted Chiaboy to have a little French finesse to it. So I was going for Chiaboy. <laughs> um, but that didn't happen. And Chiaboy, Chiaboy was the play on words anyway. Yeah, yeah. So people just went with Chiaboy. And Chiaboy comes from, it's just like all of these years of being aware that I like to play with gender expression Mm -hmm. and you know all these things and like hearing you know like like me and my gay friends in high school would just like that's how we would talk like she a boy she had this she had and it was just like I was like all right so we'll go for it and I don't know she a boy I like it it's just like I wanted a name that it has finesse but I wanted something with a little bit of an accent you know like a little something to it you'll always be Shabbat to me Shabbat um on that note I think we should take a little break (laughs) yeah we've got some hot little things to talk about come back I'm so excited all right kids bye And we're back. We're back. Oh my god, that was such a long break, y'all. It's been like six <laughs> hours. Six. Remember the time we did a break and it was like a week later we recorded. When was that? I don't. I, don't I think remember that was Devoe or somebody. Yeah, that was Devoe. Oh, it was Devoe? Like oh yeah. Week between oh, yeah. segments. Her phone died. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I just remember that. Gaggy. Um, anyways, we're back. Welcome back. <laughs> we're Ducky. still here with Ducky. Yeah, we're still here with Ducky. Oh, my God. So you mentioned um, your partner, Patsy. Um, how about you give us a little introduction to that? Oh, gosh. How much time do y'all have? We got time, girl. We're actually good on time. <laughs> so... Patsy and Decline, aka Josh. Um, we've been together since we were 18. Uh, Patsy's. Ooh, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, ooh, huh? Keep that in the show, Barty. <laughs> um, but yeah, so where was I? Oh, so Patsy's also from South Carolina. We mm-hmm. met in college. Um, Where'd you go to college? I popped around colleges a little That's bit. That's a lot of work. people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we met at the Art Institute and ah. I was going through a breakup. But then when Josh walked in, like this little like outdoor seating area of the school, I was like, oh my gosh, Aww. like what, what is happening? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, basically just been together since like a week after that, like the first. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's fast. That's really cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. Josh, you know, an artist, he paints, um, mm-hmm. he works in education, he works up in Harlem, and just like, has he's operation, so he really is like the back end of helping the school, whether in person or virtual, just keeping the wheels rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Patsy, so uh, Patsy got her drag name from Patsy Klein. Yeah. Um, Patsy Klein is... Well, Josh was born in Virginia, mm-hmm. um, and Patsy and him shared that connection. Um, and then the end decline is because Patsy's just, especially earlier, Patsy was just a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> Did her cards? Yeah, there's no other way of <laughs> Patsy other than a mess. But to be serious, also, Patsy is like, this glam Hollywood little bobblehead baby doll, big old hair, Ooh. tall, glamour, glamour, and opinionated. <laughs> How does it work that you're both drag queens? I usually hear that there's a lot of egos when it's like two people who also do drag. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> egos definitely happen, um, but it's more so like we've just always gotten a sense of like, okay, 
this is an idea and then mm -hmm. this is how the idea can happen. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always been a team effort um, and more so since uh, Michael's been introduced into it and we've been uh, working with him for two, well, basically like one and a half years now. Yeah. Um, so who is Michael before we continue? <laughs> yeah, so Michael um, is our hair and makeup artist, uh, also lives with us. We're actually um, in, all in a relationship together. Um, and yeah, so, um, but just like y'all, like, it's, he's, okay, it's just, it's crazy because he's this, quiet Japanese dude but he has like assisted Naomi Campbell oh, and Hathaway Ooh. like all of these like he's done things in Japan too like mm -hmm. I mean he was uh there's a Japanese a huge Japanese uh oh gosh boy band Arashi and they just mm -hmm. disbanded but like Mm -hmm. He was on TV with them. And of course, like in the background, but he was like walking around New York styling this man's hair. Like it's ah! just, he's, hair, uh, he's a hair god. Like he is just oh, yeah. all things hair. Um, and like me and Patsy are like this manic, crazy energy. And he's just very much more like, kind of like stays the same as mm -hmm. far as his energy. And it's mm -hmm. just like, it's very much like, the way that we all combine our like thinking power, creative power, like it just really, it's its a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, style by Michael on Instagram. If anyone yes. Knows, uh, from Michael and I mean. The most beautiful, amazing wigs that I've ever seen in person. It's, it's just like, it's next level. Like he can just. Yeah put some rollers in the hair and then comb mm -hmm. it out. And then it's, it's just, I know there's obviously more to it than that, but it's just like, it's effortless somehow for him. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's just gorgeous work. And like for me and Patsy, like he, we've always, even before we like started applying the makeup to the personality, these personalities have always been there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's just like, and I know probably, and I'm going to speak on this real quick because mm -hmm. I am sure that there are some queens out there that have commented on this before. I am not interested in knowing how to do my own makeup. At all. <laughs> you um, and March here both. <laughs> I don't, like, okay. like I, honey, RuPaul who? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm here to give a show. I'm here to raise money. I'm here to like keep the drag thing rolling and having someone apply our like, you know, like we always meet and talk about what the look will be like. Mm -hmm. um, and, but it's just like that sense of like all of us having this partnership that it's not just based on drag, but when it's yeah. like focused on drag, like mm -hmm. why, why am I going to learn how to do all that? I don't need to do all that. <laughs> You're lucky you have someone could just do it for you. I wish I had someone to do it for me. <laughs> it's it's just it's a really like surreal thing just how it all worked out like we we all met at Bushwig um also of course Aya <laughs> who is um also our stylist um she has a company called DDNYC which is Dolls Domination NYC and like she is just so good at like making something like glamour like mm -hmm glamour yes but also like edgy mm -hmm. um so just all of those forces combined and like we're always planning something like we're always like there's no way that we're going to get together and not talk about next steps or something like that that's kind of a reason why i definitely wanted you on the show because i like queens who hustle and i feel like you're definitely one of those types of queens who will hustle and just keep going no matter what like no one's gonna stop you well, I mean, the thing is, is like New York bars definitely settle on a certain roster and then they yep. just the Rolodex and that's yep. fine. I don't, I was more interested 
and bringing drag to venues that you wouldn't necessarily associate drag with, like mm -hmm. breweries or um, a more straight crowd, but still a fabulous bar. Mm -hmm. um, and also like we, Queens, Queens has been very good to us. Um, you know, whether it be with bookings or meeting other drag performers, um, it's just, I mean, to put it bluntly, just some of the Manhattan bullshit I don't have time for. Yep. <laughs> There's so, plenty of that to go around. Um, and that's not that's not like calling out a queen or a specific bar. It's just like some of it is just like, y'all, like we could we could do a little something different. I agree. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. <laughs> So you've produced 20 unique shows together. What could someone expect at like a drag show with you guys? Um, definitely a lot of energy, a <laughs> lot of um, funny yet abrasive moments. Uh, definitely <laughs> gonna um, have a lot of crowd engagement, games, performance, you know, whether it be duets or solos. Um, and also just, we like to showcase drag in a way where like we like to tell stories when we build our set list or whatever for the night mm -hmm. and you know like working with queens um like Frida Kulo and Victoria Williams like these they definitely like build out a very full story with their drag and so um yeah just storytelling too is something that can be expected and it might not be the type of story you're anticipating <laughs> but there's a story <laughs> no I really appreciate that I definitely want to see a show once this world gets its shit together <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean like that's been if you would have asked me if I would have been like seriously getting on IG lives and stuff like no if this if if 2020 if 2020 and COVID and all that hadn't happened like we would have still been chasing the booking fees at restaurants, bars, yep. that type of thing, you know? Yeah. So it's been a game changer for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been re really cool seeing how Team Japan has gotten even stronger Yay. because of it. Because like, you know, like it's, we type out schedules and filming things. Like it's very much like, a production and um i mean the end goal like i love new york but if japan called with the booking i would be out of here in yes a well <laughs> japanese culture has such a rich history of drag so yes. i don't see why you couldn't go over there when oh it's i it's a matter of time like yes. it's, and that's not saying that you know like tv's calling or anything like that but it's just like i think there's a more of an appreciation of the art over there as well yeah, yeah. yeah. They on their TV shows, they like to get a little weird, and oh, I like. Yeah. So, I think we would fit in perfectly, um, and just yeah, like Japanese culture. Like I started teaching myself Japanese in third grade. Oh wow! Um, and just ever since third grade, like it's really just been part of my e everyday life, mm -hmm. um, and just. I don't know how we're going to get there, especially right now, but, no. <laughs> you know, if TV calls, well, we would figure it out. <laughs> yes. I mean, you should just reach out and see if any bars are doing anything once, you know, the world gets back to normal. <laughs> Based on videos I was seeing, because uh, they, Japan's one of the, if not the, on, the only Asian country that celebrates New Year's based on, um, the solar calendar so like they have the same new year's as we do okay some of the videos from the bars in tokyo during mm -hmm. new year's like people were taking money out of each other's mouths. yes and it was like happening a lot and it's just like y'all like let's just let's stay home a little longer well i feel like japan is like one of the few countries that like you know pre everyone pretty much wears masks and everything oh yeah so, like, they like really brought their covid cases down yeah yeah but it's just like well, Maybe not. Yeah, no, be careful, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys, Team Japan, started a YouTube channel and used Japanese TV-style edits. What does that mean? <laughs> what okay. is a TV-style edit that's Japanese? So 
Japanese TV edits to where they do include um, subtitles because mm-hmm. um, without subtitles, Japanese can get confusing as far as like how fast people are speaking on TV. Uh-huh. Um, because a lot of words sound this like the exact same, but it depends on the how the characters are written for the actual meaning. Um, and it also just adds like like it's very much it's not like the standard subtitles. It's very much like a flash of color, you know, big shadow text or something like that. <laughs> um, and for as far as Japanese TV, but we do have kind of more standard subtitles on our YouTube channel, but mm-hmm. with kind of like the background effects from the TV shows. So the goal with that is to, we're speaking English mostly so that our US viewers um, and English speakers can, you know, just watch and understand. But then the Japanese subtitles opens up a whole other route of possibilities because Japanese people can then reference the subtitles. Mm -hmm. Um, And that one thing that like it's, more of a self-confidence thing is like getting on in front of a camera and speaking Japanese with Aya has been like because your brain is like thinking about so many other things mm-hmm. like where's my light like <laughs> you know, like all these like drag related things and then it's like oh now I have to switch between Japanese and English so that's yeah. been really interesting but yeah it's mostly just a way to kind of like broadcast to Japanese viewers and like see where where it goes. Okay. Um, what's your channel? What's, where can they find you for the YouTube? Yeah, if you uh, Google YouTube Ducky and Patsy, it'll pop up and then Ducky okay. and Patsy as well on, uh, for the channel name. On okay. And um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the YouTube and all your like online endeavors after okay. we take our little break. A little break. We'll be right back, kids. Wig. Bye. Wig. Okay. I know. Wig. I feel that already. Wig. Okay. Wig. Did you just say wig? Wig. Okay. I am ready for my wig to go flying. And we're back. We're back. We just had a lovely deep we dive had a moment into- <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> a lovely deep dive of- into rupaul's um videography yes um thank you to the kind folks at reddit for um notifying me about this video um i was completely distracted when we mentioned japanese tv and i went on a deep dive but <laughs> Here we are, kids. We're back. <laughs> I don't think we should even promote it. It's, it's out there. <laughs> it's out there. We're not going to say the name of the video. How about no, that? <laughs> but it is RuPaul related. Approved by RuPaul. Apparently. <laughs> so we were talking a lot about J- Japan. Um, do you have any like favorite Japanese things like food or anime or movies? Yeah, totally. So um Probably one of my favorite things that is always in my bag. Um, I have a Japanese version of a, it's fun, Japanese feng shui. Mm-hmm. And it, it like gives you like, um, just like advice on how to increase your luck basically throughout the day. Um, it's like, a, it like old ladies in Japan. Use oh my this. God, like, I need one. Um, it's, it's just like, it's like a daily anchor. <laughs> I don't know. I love that. Um, like Japanese music um Japanese pop music is a mixed bag like it can be Mm -hmm. like the cute stuff is like sure watch it on tv whatever but I like older Japanese music and then also um my favorite genre right now of Japanese music is called Enka okay this music is like the the vocals get very like guttural and like very like a lot of emoting Mm -hmm. um but the lyrics are like kind of like old about like old school japan which is like nostalgic feeling very nice uh but the what i learned recently was this music started originally because politicians in japan weren't allowed to give speeches Mm -hmm. so they would hire these singers to give the speech through a song and then that's how this music has continued but the politicians can now like 
you know, be a little more active and mm-hmm. and everything, mm-hmm. but the style of music survived. Um, but yeah, I think as far as like favorite, favorite movie, there's, uh, it's a little bit older now, but it's called Shinobi. Okay. Um, and it's, I think in English that means spy, but it's like this like romantic, like fantasy like ninja inspired movie and like it's just so good and my ultimate diva Hamazaki Ayumi sings the theme song so it's a winner yes (laughs) um are you familiar with city pop at all city pop group is that a group no and it's a genre of Japanese music I'm obsessed with it Um, sort of similar to the genre you just mentioned. It's very nostalgic. Um, and it was um, sort of focused in the 80s. Um, and it was, it's made to invoke like a nostalgic feeling for the listener. It's a lot of fun. It's very like, it's like Japanese um, culture doing 80s music of the West. It's oh like so God. fun. It's so fun. It's so good. Um, I listen Did to it all the time. Or English? They, they sing in Japanese usually. Oh, city pop. Okay. Yeah. I- I need something new, so that's perfect. Um, I, yeah, um, obsessed. That was like literally my summer jam this whole past uh, year was like City Pop, so recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about your YouTube channel. Where can people currently see you? Like, what's the best way? Um, so just as far as like live shows or just like in general? Everything. Okay. All of it. we aim to do a virtual live show at least once a month um aiming to either do ig live or through a streaming platform we've kind of um we have a show that we'll be announcing pretty soon that'll happen on february 20th and we're going to do like uh stream yards and just kind of like mix up the platform a little bit Mm -hmm. um but definitely uh monthly virtual lives and then YouTube. Uh, Aya is kind of like the creative director behind, um, you know, like the Japanese games that we're playing. So she's always like, we always need new videos. So um, definitely YouTube. And then uh, for kind of like a condensed version of everything, just my IG page in general at Mm -hmm. Ducky underscore Shiaboy. but yeah, it's, I would say if someone's interested in just kind of like getting the gist of our drag plus, um, you know, where to find us, uh, our Instagrams for sure. And then also just going to throw out at Miss underscore Patsy69 because uh, <laughs> she also has an Instagram page and information available too. Yay. Cute. I'm like, who, who wants to do the next question? Is it my turn? It's not your turn yet. I, I, don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you the, want to do it, though. Back in the audio corner, I go. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, I, that, that's why I was asking. I was like, do you want to do the next question, too? Sure, sure, sure. Because your um, turn, so my turn knows his turn is, like, one very specific <laughs> question. But this is the question before that one. I just didn't yes. know if you wanted to do it or not. Yeah, I'll ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the uh, what is some of the best advice you've been given in drag or about drag? Um, so early on, definitely uh, learning about booking fees before you do the show, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but I feel like honestly, like everyone the longer you stay in drag and like the more you pursue it, you're going to hear things about the money. Um, But a big takeaway recently, as far as advice, 2020 pride, you know, um, there's a difference between being supportive and not really talking about how you're supportive versus like authentically broadcasting and letting people know like, you know, these are the receipts. These are where things are going. Um, Mm. And that was really important to me because like I, it makes me so sad to see how some queens in the industry, especially the further up they go up the ladder, if you will, Mm -hmm. how they're tone deaf. And it's like, they're not taking the opportunity to be more than just a toot or a boot. And it's like, that was, that's probably just the most current advice that 
life's given me and that I would give to other people about drag, if you're going to do drag, it needs to maybe not automatically, like give yourself time to figure out if you're new to drag, figure out your drag personality 100%. But it's more about like, what are you going to do with your platform? And how are you going to tell people authentically that this is what you're doing? Um, yeah, yeah, because Pride last year, like, it was just, it was rough. We all know it was, it was. Yeah. A really... What would you say your platform is? Um, so our platform is definitely just, I got asked this question in a way when doing iconic, like who is Ducky? What's, why, why does Ducky do drag? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was an honest answer, but I didn't realize how big it was gonna impact me. But the platform that I am able to present to people is the community that I'm part of and that I'm proud to be part of. Um, there are more times than not where when we have, when it's safe and everyone's able to get together. I mean, we just naturally have found a way to have a very diverse chosen family and just, and not feeling like we have to like package it or like push diversity that way to mm -hmm. viewers or anything, but it's just something that like has naturally unfolded and like my platform really is like drag is a bridge for community and if it's not a bridge to community if it's all about ego and like how much you're spending on this that and the other mm -hmm. or you know like oh I have a weekly show you know like that's not good enough I'm saying that and I also believe that so my platform is community and just how to mobilize that community to where, and I'm a big, I'm a big believer in nonviolence and mm -hmm. just mobilizing our community and where it intersects with so many other people like, and mobilizing that community and putting it to good work. That's beautiful. I love I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Yeah, that was really cute and really nice to hear. Cause um, <clears throat> I feel like a lot of messages go all over people's heads sometimes so yeah. I, yeah I definitely think a lot I mean a lot of drag is just very egocentric well, it's I okay. have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> looking at you first here. it's okay to lean into ego some I feel like that's just part of building up self-esteem a little bit is like mm -hmm. harnessing our egos but it's going to be such a better experience for everyone if people can alter that a little bit and just focus on delivering a nice polished well-rounded show that Absolutely. has a little more political pull than just am i a tutor or a boot <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is it my turn caitlin can i come out of my corner <laughs> <laughs> I, I let you out of the corridor one time. <laughs> okay. My one good question of the evening. Um, Ducky, what is the craziest moment you've had in drag? Give us some scandal. Give us some insight. Give us something memorable. Well, I would have to say the moment where I was like, this is what I want to do. So it was iconic. Um, and it was a, it, the week before I, for as far as like, you know, theme and what we were supposed to deliver or whatever, I was just at a complete loss because I was trying to incorporate Japanese and then I was getting like some feet, negative feedback about it because, you know, cultural appropriation is mm -hmm. definitely a thing to consider yeah it was just like not being able to explain not having the words to be able to explain the what I was going for mm -hmm. um so like I switched my song last minute and like it was fine I knew the words you know I delivered a little moment but it was more like a oh she's performing at the bar and not in a competition kind of moment mm -hmm. and the notes were boring was a word and I 
had I've worked on my temper. I have a temper. But when I was told that I was boring, I was like, fuck that. Like, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not here for that because I'm not boring. And so the following week, I already had a little bit of this plan, but I amped it up. Mm-hmm. So we had to do like celebrity impersonations. So I picked Paula Deen. Um, <laughs> and I got my little, like little granny wig and did my best attempt at like making my age, my face look aged and all that little denim snap dress and some titties up underneath. And like, I went ham on that stage. I had a corn cob that I dipped in butter, like a big old <laughs> container of butter. Yep. Throated the corn. Yes. And at that time she did not swallow. So I spit oh. the corn or I spit the butter. It was towards the judges, towards the producers, towards the audience. I was giving everyone the bird. And then I took out my, like, just like, they were like $30 or something. Just like, just not really like, it's not like the chest plate. It was just like, Mm -hmm. kind of like floating, you know, like turkey or not, or chicken breast kind of looking things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like just smack those around and (laughs) everyone was gagged. And like, but just being, at the point where I was like, I don't care anymore and spitting. And obviously I've never done that since because like you have a <laughs> reputation like that, you're not going to get bugged. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> spit on people. But at that point I was like, I'm probably going to go home. So I'm just going to do it. Um, but that was probably the most free I have felt in my entire life. Like it was just oh. like the adrenaline of looking at the people who are judging you and just like unleashing like, like slick melted butter out of your mouth and spitting at them it's like (laughs) my friends got it in their hair (gasps) their purses I mean the producer Lindsay god bless her soul like she she was like wiping butter off her face like and I don't think I ever and understandably like the ducky that is on Instagram right now is not the ducky that was at this competition. Yeah, of course. Like I was not in the top or anything, but that night I felt like y'all should have put me in the top. I'm just, I want to go on record and say that. Like, <laughs> How did you do an Iconic? I don't even know who won that season. Nicole and Oscopy won season one. Okay. Um, I, for, I had to basically drop out right before oh. the story because our cat was like just he's our one of our cats he's a little bit of a big fellow and just always a little bit of you know some health issues Mm -hmm. um and he was really going through it and I was like I can't I was like popping down the base makeup and I was like I can't go to a bar and act like I'm partying and celebrating like even if I don't like get placed Mm -hmm. or anything like you know that party atmosphere yeah um so I dropped out but the whole like do do I think like I did did I deliver beautiful exceptional looks absolutely not like no that's Mm -hmm. that's just I wasn't there yet yeah um but I met some amazing queens that I still talk to to this day like Sissy Walken who we saw Uh, yesterday (laughs) yes um and just and also probably the biggest takeaway was that's when we realized like we can get people to a bar like we Patsy did season two and we consistently had just like the drink ticket votes like we always had a stack (laughs) so that was great that like that's such a huge honestly especially like with live drag that's like the number one thing that you need right Right. and when I did Paula Dean that was the night that I got tipped the most throughout the competition so I mean they must have liked getting a little green up what can I say yeah (laughs) no that's like it doesn't matter really how good of a performer you are is can you get people to show up to your shows when you're doing live stuff I feel like that's like the most important thing (laughs) so got that gal so going from iconic to the future where do you want to take your drag in the future what's your goal and I mean I will say like since iconic we have done I feel like I I personally have exceeded all expectations as far as drag, just because there was, one, there wasn't really ever a, a true, like, 
plan goal necessarily, but now that we have kind of more of a plan with incorporating Japanese themes and really just revamping how we're doing the virtual shows and all of that. Um, I mean, for now, well, the future is definitely virtual and we're comfortable with that. I haven't, I've worn heels in like the past year. I think I've worn heels twice. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. I, oh yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as the future, I'm kind of at the point where if, if and when COVID really becomes you know if it becomes the common cold like I read yeah obsolete whatever like we're not there yet but really just at the point of like why not just tour Asia why not like pack some wigs and just like live life instead of you know just having this idea of what a New York City drag queen is supposed to be. Why not do that in Japan or Vietnam or Taiwan, you know? Like, Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we're, we're definitely always considering next steps and like, who knows? It's either disappearing, disappearing virtually, you'll still see the whole thing on Instagram to Asia mm -hmm. move, or it's like move out somewhere in nature and like, instead of a virtual live show you'll just get us like in drag gardening or something you know <laughs> such extremes <laughs> yeah i mean and that's the future the future is always an extreme in my opinion like it's just like it's yeah right now like focusing on the steps that we're presently doing i think will kind of give way to and it's not this is i feel like this is good for everyone to consider too it's like not just within drag it's just like the more we're able to focus on the present our future is going to be better in a way that's not I to agree. me don't completely disregard the future but it's just like see what the present builds up to mm -hmm. yeah i'm definitely with you on traveling like i just I just like the idea that I could go somewhere right now that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Apparently the Japanese government is really wanting to boost tourism once COVID's over. And I heard they're gonna like have incentives to travel there. So I wanna I go to Nintendo World so bad and Universal yeah. Tokyo or whatever. I wanna go so bad. Oh, well, I mean it's coming to Orlando, but Go oh, on. it is. <laughs> yes. Is it really? Yes. Oh my god! I gotta tell Patrick. He'll freak out. <laughs> I just think the one in Japan's gonna be better though. They'll have like oh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> free snacks. Well, I want to also do um, Disney Tokyo. Yeah, or yeah, Tokyo Disney. And Disney Tokyo was one of the first like kind of like mainstream locations in Japan to have uh, same-sex ceremonies. Um, mm. So that's pretty. Oh cool. wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah, I did not know that. That's and, awesome. you know like it's Japanese culture is just quiet as far as really sexuality in general like it's so mm -hmm. but that further quite like makes queer culture and everything more quiet because if it's already mm -hmm. taboo to talk about sexual things getting to where you can talk about queer sexual identity is just like it, it's just the mental space isn't quite there yet yeah um, mm -hmm. But that's the beautiful thing about Japanese culture. It's like, that's this very firm, traditional, stoic culture. But then you turn the news, you know, you turn the page on the news and then like there's a lesbian couple in like this huge gown getting married. And it's like, see, like, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway from this episode. <laughs> Japan is awesome. I'm probably gonna put that go as so the. Bad. I'm probably gonna put that as the bio. Japan that should awesome. be our first line, you know. Okay. You know when we do the description, Beautiful. that'll be the first line. Beautiful, <laughs> love that. All right, well, um, thank you so much, Ducky, for coming on our little show. Yay. Thanks um, for voting but, for us again. The, thanks for voting for us. Doing what y'all are doing. Yay. Um, for one more time, for the kids, where can they find you on? the internet yeah okay so uh youtube just search ducky and patsy 
And then you can find me on Instagram at Ducky Shea Boy. That's S-H-E-A-B-O-I. Everything will be in the, the bio or the description yeah. on yeah. the episode. And we so, do lots yeah. of tagging. Yes, we do. Um, but yeah, this is so much fun. It was Yay. good to see you. Um, I'm Martyr. I'm C. Tepper. And this was Wiggin' Out! Don't forget to vote for us at the Glam. You have three more days from this episode. Three days. We need your Uh, votes. No one cares about us except you guys. We need to beat Bob the Drag Queen. We need to wear (laughs) wigs in our acceptance speech. Okay. Bye, kids. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I'm C. Tepper. You can follow me on Instagram at C-T-E-P-P-E-R and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DragTheMartyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you.